Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on episode two of the Mobcast, where today we are going to talk about where do I start when it comes to missions. And joining me today, I have Jeff Bozel, our director of mobilization here at OC, and we're just going to have a conversation about uh, where where to start and uh, some different topics. So please stay tuned and join us. So Jeff, why don't you uh, why don't you tell our, our listeners what uh, qualifies you for starting as the uh, um, the conversation with where to start in missions? Well, I uh, got started in missions myself, I guess. So that would be the first qualification is uh, I've had personal experience of God leading me from the secular world. I was an air traffic controller actually. Um, but had grown up as a missionary's kid, so I knew about missions. But um, but God basically led me out of there, called me out of there, whatever you want. We'll talk about that later, I suppose. But um, it was certainly something that I understood that God wanted me to do that was different from what I was doing. Wasn't sure what that was at the time, but um, so I, I've experienced it. And then over the last 17 years, I've been working in mobilization, and it's like an everyday occurrence where we talk to one or more individuals about what God is doing in their lives, what he's saying, what does he want them to do, what does that mean, how do they navigate it. So in a sense, this is something that I've done for a long time and mm. and have a lot of things that I've, I guess, learned along the way because when you every, everybody's story is different, um, but the fingerprints are all the same. Mm. So... So yeah. I'd say that's kind of where yeah. my my expertise comes from. Definitely, definitely. Well, so then uh, we can go ahead and start out by asking the question of uh, it, with with the beginning part of where do I start? And I think the the first question would come to God's calling. Like, uh, how do we distinguish uh, God's calling for us into missions? Um, with with you and I both being in missions here, based in the U.S., I think. Uh, it's a it's a great starting point as to what called us into uh, into missions. And so for myself, uh, I I started out doing a bunch of short term mission trips uh, to Guatemala, and um, I'll admit the first couple of times that I went on those trips, I I went more for the social aspect that it was a youth group trip going from church, and uh, that I I probably didn't have the right mindset or the right. Uh, um, I guess the right feeling going into it, and and it wasn't until uh, probably my second or third trip that I really uh, understood that that God was calling me into an area of ministry that uh, I wasn't even sure of yet at the time. And so on my in the sixth year that I went to Guatemala, I did um, a three month or four month stint in, living in Guatemala, and that was where I felt like God was calling me to to go do some sort of a vision trip, if you will, uh, where I. I spent four months doing all sorts of stuff all around Guatemala, seeing if God was calling me to long-term missions in uh, in Guatemala specifically. Uh, and so that was that was my my first kind of hearing from God was just uh, like go on this trip and see what it's like. And and so I went I went and uh, I experienced a lot of uh, trials and a lot of joy in my four months uh, spending time in Guatemala and, and doing ministry with a bunch of different agencies, um, but primarily through OC. And yeah, I think, I think that it wasn't until I came home from that trip and I, and I 
really sat down and I was I was mentored by my pastor Tony Miller uh, who really gave me a perspective on taking the trip that I went on debriefing and and asking myself do I really feel like this is where where God is calling me and and it took me still several years after that two years three years after that uh, to then pursue my my job here at OC where <laughs> it's a funny story how even that happened was that I had just reached out to OC and I said that I have a passion for short-term missions and that was that was what I really felt like God was calling me to and so and I, and I oh. said here's the application sign at the bottom we'll work out the rest later <laughs> yeah exactly and that was that was the crazy thing for me because I was like I don't even know if there's if there's a position at any agency where they really focus on short-term missions and then come to find out that OC hadn't had a short-term missions coordinator for seven or eight years before I came along. So that's one of those funny things that God just throws in there that is like, well, you don't know that this is going to happen, but I have this already planned for you. And so through that application process and through learning all of that, I then uh, I then went through the support raising process. I'm still in the support raising process to be a full-time missionary here in the States. So that's kind of my my story of how, how God called me into, uh, into ministry, at least, um, and doing missions here in the U.S., um, Jeff, what about, what about your story? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I, I, for me, it was, you know, a little different in that, like I said, I grew up overseas. My parents are missionaries. Uh, my dad still comes into the office here at 86, you know? Um, <laughs> and so I, this was part of my blood. I, I knew all about it, but, um, when I got through college, I just didn't feel like missions was something I needed to do or, I didn't certainly didn't feel any leading of God to become a missionary myself. I had enjoyed being a missionary kid. I that was I would not have traded that or changed that for anything in the world. It's like the best way to grow up. And maybe at some podcast we can talk about yeah. the whole the whole missionary kid experience and sure. and you know it's different for different people. But for me, it was a great experience. So it wasn't that I I had any. Uh, aversion to becoming a missionary. That just wasn't what God was leading me to do. And so. Um, I got married right out of college and got involved in other things. Eventually, like I said, became an air traffic controller. And about seven or eight years into that job, um, I, I had this feeling that I should do something different. And, you know, and, and actually I had had that feeling before because my first job out of college was at Jack in the Box, and uh, I was managing. I was managing a Jack. I was. It wasn't just flipping burgers, although I did that. Sure. But uh, but I, I I had a degree, and I think Jack in the Box was shocked that somebody with a degree would actually apply to to work for them. Maybe. But um, but I I uh, applied and became a, a manager within just months of of starting there, and mm-hmm. so I loved that job. You know, free burgers and fries and stuff like that. Um, not so great for the health, but still, it was it was a great it was a great way to start out. Uh, I love people and working with people and mentoring people through that. So that was my first job. But after three years of working there, I really felt like God was leading me to do something else. It was like He said, "Hey, I've taught everything. I've taught you everything I want you to know here. I want you to move something else." Mm. And so I, but you know, I was making a lot of money, which I know sounds. Sounds difficult, but this was a long time ago and money went a little further. But I was making a lot of money. I was living uh, about a mile from the beach in Santa Barbara, California. I had I was married, enjoyed marriage. We we had just had our first child. 
I mean, mm. everything was great. I had yeah. more money than I knew what to do with. I just thought, this God is blessing me here. <laughs> so why would I do anything different? So mm. I just ignored that whole thing. Mm. Well, then I got another supervisor that eventually a year later fired me from Jack in the Box. Oh. So I started to get the idea that maybe that was God who was talking to me and I just didn't listen and maybe I said no. I kind of played the Jonah card and said, yeah, I know what you, you want me to leave, but I'm not sure I want to go. So <laughs> I just said no. And uh, I would not advise that you do that. <laughs> if God's clearly leading you to get involved, you should say yes and, and, and f figure out what's next, uh, which is kind of what we're talking about. So fast forward 10 or 12 years later, I get that same feeling. Hmm. Again, I'm in a great job. I mean, who doesn't want to well, no, a lot of people wouldn't probably fit into the air traffic control world, but <laughs> but it was an exciting job. I loved it. I loved the people. I loved every part of it. Uh, I was I was in a position where I was training others. Um, mm. So I you know it was it was great. I, I was doing well, and it was great for me. But I got that same feeling. It mm. was like you need. I'm you're done here. I have something new for you, mm. and. Since I had said no the first time and didn't really like that next year of my life, I said yes this time. Although I thought it was probably something still within air traffic control, something in the FAA, somewhere else. So in conversations with my wife, we started to apply to other things, to other jobs within the FAA. Hmm. And, uh, and they, you know, it just God shut the door again and again and again. Hmm. Uh, jobs that I was the only qualified applicant for. Hmm. I didn't get because the FAA decided not to fill that job or, or whatever. Hmm. So, but the missions door was always open and it just so happened that hmm. every message I seemed to hear, every song I was listening to at that time anyway, seemed to be pointing toward missions. Hmm. And, you know, like I said, missions was not foreign to me. I understood it. We, my, actually my wife's parents were missionaries as well. So this was like, it was like a bright light shining in our face that we were closing our eyes to, so to speak. Yeah. You know, so then we finally said, hey, we should try this out. You know, we, mm. it, we, should be the, we should use the same philosophy that we're using toward all these other job opportunities. We should use that philosophy toward missions. Mm. And here I am, 27 years later, uh, still a missionary. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that door stayed open. We walked through it. And, you know, but it was a clear leading of God. We could not deny that God was leading us toward this next phase. Mm. And that's really necessary uh, as you consider something like this because the road isn't easy. Like mm -hmm. you said, there are mm -hmm. difficulties. And if you're not sure, then the enemy or just your mind is going to start to play on you and, and to tell you you made a mistake. Uh, oh, this is too hard. I didn't anticipate this or whatever. So that that idea of calling or leading, I, I don't like the word calling, but um, <laughs> but that leading of God, when you feel that, you need to obey. That's the key. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And and I think in connection with all this and, and I suppose sharing our, our perspectives on how God called us into, into missions, um, it comes to the question of what, what if you miss? Like, and Jeff was explaining a couple of times where he... Uh, where he felt that that it was God calling him to something, but he said, "No, that's that's not what it is." And um, and at least in my experience, and it sounds like Jeff's as well, is that when you miss, God lets you know. Uh, and I think that um, it comes down to that you can be, um, I guess the word I'll use is disobedient to to God's leading. Um, 
at, at, at any point, but that God will never stop pursuing you for what he has you for. And so with the, with the leadership and the, and the skills that, that God has blessed Jeff with, that God's blessed me with, uh, are things that God has intended and given to us as, as, uh, as abilities to, to be able to give back to other people and to give back into the mission field. And so that's, that's something where, and I don't know if Jeff has any more to say about that as far as uh, missing uh, God's calling, but uh, yeah, do you have any thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, I would say God tends to be pretty persistent. I, I would <laughs> point at multiple Bible stories, but my favorite one happens to be about this, happens to be Moses. You know, I mean, Moses was pretty set on not obeying God. Mm. Um, I mean, he had already, I think he already knew that God wanted him to be involved in getting the Israelites out of slavery, possibly way back, you know, 40 years earlier, but it took 40 years in the desert to kind of humble him. And, and then when God did appear to him to go back, his whole world had changed. I mean, he got married, he had kids, and, you know, it, it was a totally different deal, but the timing was right. Mm-hmm. But then when God, you know, I mean, I don't think either you or I have had, you know, a bush ignite into flame and, <laughs> no. and not burn up, you know, and, nope. and and have God audibly say to you, you're on holy ground, take off your shoes, you know. So <laughs> I, I don't think there's any doubt in Moses' mind that this was God speaking to him, you know. He, for us, we might, God doesn't usually use those tactics nowadays, but so we, we might actually wonder, is this God leading me? But Moses had no doubt. I mean, this mm. was truly God saying, I want you to go. And I guess I would just say one thing about that, and and that is, you know, if God wants you to do something that's really out of the out of the box for you, uh, possibly it would be a life risking kind of thing. Mm. Um, I think he will use supernatural kind of things to lead you into it. Uh, not all missions experiences are like that, but uh, certainly there are countries you could go to that would be would be a, have great risk to you, to your family if you have one. Uh, so, you know, it's it, sometimes then when those kind of things happen and God's asking you to do something extraordinary, he's going to use extraordinary means. So I would mm-hmm. say in this whole process of, you know, how, how does God call? Can I miss it? Does he persist? He certainly does persist as he did with Moses in, in meeting every one of Moses' questions and, and concerns and fears and giving him tools to use and mm-hmm. finally even bringing Aaron along, you know, to yeah. be the speaker, you know, and all that. And, and we know that that story doesn't end well. You know, I mean, God brought in there. I think God's initial plan, original plan probably was to just use Moses by himself. But mm. but with Aaron and, and Miriam and, and that kind of thing involved, it, things started to fall apart later, as we know. So is God persistent? Yes. And I, it's maybe I would disagree with you a little bit. And I think we could turn our back on God's leading enough to where he goes in a different direction mm. at some point. Mm. Now, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there are opportunities that we do miss in life mm. um, because we just are so rebellious to it. Mm. But if you look at Jonah as another example, yeah. Jonah actually tried to run away, but, you know, God got his attention through the big fish and the whole vomiting and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, all that <laughs> that story. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I feel like maybe it's possible to miss it, but... I, if, if God can lead completely pagan rulers like Nebuchadnezzar or Pharaoh, if God can control their, uh, can, can manipulate them, so to speak, that sounds really bad. <laughs> but 
But if God can lead them in the ways that he wants to lead them, um, then certainly he can lead us yeah. in that we're trying to follow him. You know, we're trying to be obedient. So I, I, it's hard for me to conceive of a way that we would miss it, but hmm. but I know that he is persistent. He's been persistent with us yeah. and with the other people we've talked to in our in our roles here. So yeah, um, I think it would be difficult to miss. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think... Well, one of the stories that kind of, or something that popped into my mind as we were talking about all this and and persistence and and uh, and our stories is really that we we probably are coming across as that it may seem like it's a bit easy. Uh, it's definitely never <laughs> never easy. Um, I'm just thinking of my own experience with that when I first came to OC, I I had left uh, I had left my work uh, to to provide for my family. My wife does work full time, but that. Um, the, the conflict that that brought to me as a, as a man that, that we're called to be providers, you know, but that, uh, God gave me a wife who's very gracious and very loving to, uh, and, and, and obedient to what she feels that God is calling both of us to. And that I'm, you know, as a missionary, you don't make a ton of money. And that we had, we had our first child at the beginning of this year, uh, and we bought a house and, and we had a car accident recently, recently. And, and the the stress of of all that with uh, not having the the financial means to be able to pay for those things and and all that I think is a testament to that the enemy is going to try to push you away from from what God is calling you to and that during my year I, I spent eighteen months uh, support raising before even getting the chance to work part time here now at OC and during that time I even tried to go and get. Uh, interviews and jobs in the calibration industry is what I used to do. And, and I, in the same way that Jeff was talking about that, uh, it made no sense why I wasn't the, the logical candidate to, to get those jobs. But every single time they're like, nope, you know, we're, we're looking, looking at somebody else or looking for somebody else where I was really qualified in that. So I think that that's a testament to, to a little bit of that, that God will intervene whenever he knows that you're in a moment of weakness, but that, yeah, I do. I mean, and and I'll, and I'll say, too, that I think that, that um, there, there can be a level of disobedience to, to, to the point where God will pursue other means. Uh, but I think that, um, that it's, it's not a quick process, that he'll, no, he'll pursue no. you for a really long time before, right. before any of that uh, uh, closes for you. Um, and so moving, moving on to our next... Um, well, just oh, before you move on, yeah, yeah. There is, there's one more thing I, I'd like. Sure. You, you mentioned uh, you and Kirsten being on the same page. And, you know, I cannot stress enough how critical that is. Mm -hmm. We have dealt with so many couples. Uh, if you're not married, hey, you're, you know, like Paul said, you can be single-minded and, you know, mm -hmm. you can just about do whatever you want. Yeah. Once you get married, things change. And, and you are not just your own. Uh, you are involved in a partnership that's for life and where each partner needs to participate in those kind of decisions, especially mm -hmm. if you're thinking about leaving your job and your family and, and raising money or, or going overseas and uh, subjecting your family to culture shock and all those kind of things. So mm -hmm. uh, it, it's not an easy thing. So it is critical that both husband and wife, if you're married, are on board. And, mm -hmm. and also, if you have like teenage children, I think... Before kids get to be older than ten, they don't really care where they are in the world as long as they're with mom and dad, you know. So, yeah. so that's that's good. But even your teenagers, 
should weigh in on this. I mean, this is not, this is something that both husband and wife and, and older children, we all need to be on the same page when we move forward in this. Mm-hmm. And God is big enough to mold hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. And I'll just tell a, a quick personal story because yeah. I know we want to move no, on. That's but okay. When, you know, when we first got involved, we were in our mid-30s, and uh, both Dion, my wife and I, uh, felt like this is what God wanted, you know. And we, our oldest was 12 at that time. And so as we, we of course, we started taking steps and really didn't think about uh, the kids too much because we figured, hey, they're going to love this, you know. I mean, I loved it, and, and so they're going to love it too. But our 12-year-old basically said when she we started talking about moving to another country, at that time it was Germany, which I think would be a little more attractive. <laughs> but but anyway, she wasn't even interested in Germany. But but I so we started talking about it and she said, Hey, you know, that sounds really great. I hope you guys have a lot of fun. I'll be staying with Hanswitzes and uh, just, you know, send money, call every once in a while. You know, I mean, she basically <laughs> was not in it at all. Mm. And um, and so we in a moment of maybe God wisdom, which doesn't happen very often in our lives. But uh, we said to her, our response to her was, well, you know, you know, honey, look, why don't we just pray about it and ask that God would change the minds of the people that are not on the right page, you know, that so that we could all be together in this. And so we did start to pray. We prayed as a family. And I, I truly believe that she was praying on her own as well. And uh, so we got to the first OC thing, mm. you know, we, we call it, uh, well, we call it Worldview now, but I had a different name back then. So we got there, and at that time, there were all kinds of other OC missionaries there, and it was kind of a combined event. And uh, so we go to our kind of things, and, and our kids go to, like, the kids' training kind of stuff. And uh, at lunch on the first day, mm. we're in this big church, Erin, our daughter, comes running down this, like, circular walkway yelling at the top of her lungs like kids can do. Uh, mm-hmm. Mom, Mom, Dad, Dad, we have to be missionaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're standing there in shock, first of all, because our daughter's running around, you know, yelling and screaming. <laughs> um, but but secondly, because her heart had totally changed. Mm-hmm. And what had happened was she had connected with somebody who was a missionary's kid there and they had become best friends in a moment. You know how that can happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she just wanted to be like that. That was who she wanted to be. Mm. And God totally turned her life around. So yeah. if God is leading you and you don't have unity of thought in uh, in whether you should move forward or not, my encouragement is pray and wait. Mm. Because if that is what God wants for you, he is certainly big enough to change hearts, mm-hmm. especially of people who want to serve him. So yeah. I just wanted to piggyback yeah. on your, your deal where you and, and Kirsten were on the same page. And yeah. that is so critical to, mm-hmm. to really doing this well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, that's great, great insight and great, uh, great points that you got there. Um, so we're going to move on now to uh, the where do I start just in missions. So you've you've established that God has a calling for you or a leading for you to go into the mission field, and so where do you start? And that's that's the big uh, the big first question. And uh, Jeff, do you do you have an answer to that? Well, I, I would say let's talk about calling oh. and leading first. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. I, you know, and not everybody. And I'm not saying that one like one word is wrong and the other one's <laughs> right or whatever. But the way I would define it is, and this is not my own idea, actually, the founder of our agency uh, talked about this decades and decades ago. Mm. But he said, the way he defined it is your calling 
is something that God has gifted and designed you to do. So, mm. so like for me, my calling might be uh, teaching, or maybe it's you know, uh, ed- some people have said edification because I I write music and and those kind of things. So I, I lead worship that kind of deal. But so working with people and and really having impact in their lives is kind of where I think God. That's what God has called me to do, mm. influencing the people around me. Yeah. My strengths all kind of point to that. My experience points to that. The things that just come naturally to me point to that. So that, I would say, is my calling. That's mm. what I should be involved in all of my life. Mm. Your God's leading is where you apply those things. Mm. So, you know, it might be here in the U.S. or yeah. it could be in your local church or it could be if you have the gift of evangelism, you should be doing that everywhere that you go. Mm-hmm. Evangelization is your calling. Mm-hmm. Now, if God takes you to the Philippines to do that, well, then you do it there. If God gives you a job at Costco, then you do it there. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, so your God's leading can change in your in your life. It can be mm-hmm. one place at one time, another place at another time. But your calling will never change. Yeah. That is who you are and what you should do, what he designed you to do. Yeah. So I guess that that would be how I would differentiate those two. But if we use those terms inter- interchangeably, I think in missions we all kind of know. Yeah. People say, oh, I was called by God to do this. And really, to be to give you some background, that whole word comes from the Paul's uh, Macedonian call. You know, so God, this Macedonian guy appears in this vision to Paul and says, hey, come help us, you know. And so... Um, that's kind of where that comes from. Yeah. Uh, and we have those kind of terms in missions that people outside of missions don't always understand. But yeah, no, that's where we're at. Definitely. Yeah, no, I, I think those are all really great insights. Um, I don't know that I really have anything to add to that. Um, but uh, yeah, and so I think it, that those are those are all really great points as we as we transition to a, to another question here. Just a final note that, yeah, just like with, with God's calling, God's leading in your life, um, to use both of those things in tandem to be able to to do what God is uh, leading you to do, whether that be the mission field, if it is the mission field uh, in your in your community that you live now or going going overseas. That I think using uh, the calling and the leading as you describe them in uh, in in tandem with each other. So. Yeah, I think one thing I would say in that too is your experience. Okay, so yeah. you said. You said, hey, when I first went, it was kind of like, hey, this is something my youth group's doing, more of a social deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I think some sometimes we think, well, those things, that might have been not the right motivation. But mm. I wonder, and I'm not positive on this, I'm just speaking sure. off the top of my head here, but yeah. I, I wonder if sometimes God uses those things, mm. passions and desires that aren't necessarily spiritual things, but they're just part of us mm. to, to actually get us off you know, where we're sitting mm-hmm. and get us out, you know, out of the, off the couch and, and into something, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then God uses that little thing to lead us to the next thing, yeah. just like he did with you. Yeah. So it maybe doing what you're doing now wasn't in your mind at all. When you first went to Guatemala on those first couple trips, right. it was just being with your group, you know, yeah. and, and, and experiencing that together. And I'm not sure those things are wrong. You know, mm. I, I, I feel like God can use those things in people's lives. Oh, definitely. Just pursuing passions that they have. Um, so that leading and calling can be kind of a tricky thing, but that certainly is where you need to start. Mm. Um, we often tell people in our roles here uh, that if you don't sense God's clear leading, 
don't even get started. Mm. Uh, it's just there's just too much. It's just too much. Uh, well, it's a lot of work on our end too. But that that really doesn't <laughs> matter. That's our job, you know. Right. But it's just a lot of pain and anguish and headache and work to head down a trail that God never intended you to go down. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, that's that's all really great, Jeff. And I th- I think that the um, the points that we're making kind of about God's calling as well as with uh, um, God using situations. I mean, I can even attest it several times with that. But I mean, just to, to put it in a short little bit about um, my first three years that I went to Guatemala uh, on, with my church. The first year I went with my, my oldest brother, uh, who him and I would get in a lot of physical altercations all the time. We were very uh, violent towards each other. We were not... Uh, <laughs> We were, we were brothers who are 16 months apart, wanted to be, I wanted to be like him. He didn't want me to get in his way, you know, like all these kinds of things. But, uh, that first year when we went to Guatemala and for both of us to experience another culture and another area, uh, together, uh, was something that I don't think any amount of counseling or any amount of, uh, family, uh, conversations could really, um, could really fix, uh, but that God showing my brother and I that uh, in Guatemala, in this village that we went to, that these kids are are relying on each other because their parents are working all day. Or once in Guatemala, in this in this village at least, when uh, when a son would turn uh, twelve or thirteen years old, he would be sent away to start working and send money back home. So the idea that my brother and I were already thirteen, fourteen years old, and that we just got to live in our comfortable life in the U.S. But to be able to see that we were really blessed in that and that we were blessed to have each other um, was, was something that was an amazing experience for both my brother and I. And, and to be able to share that together was, I, I think, God's intention for me going on that first year and that first trip. And, and the second year was almost the same story, but it was with my dad that um, I had always felt my dad had a, a greater connection with my, my older brother being his first son and I was the middle child. And, uh, it was, it was that second year where my dad and I went and my brother hadn't gone on that trip. So it was, it was a time for my dad and I to bond and, uh, over the same kinds of things, just understanding that, that, um, there were, there were a lot of widows in this, uh, in this, um, village that we went to. Um, and a lot of it was dads leaving the home or, or they didn't want the responsibility of, of taking care of all the kids that they had and their wife. And so they would just leave. And so realizing that, that my dad sticking around, having, um, having the impact on my life that I didn't even see up until that point, um, that, that really just changed the whole dynamic of my dad and I's relationship too. And it was something that it wasn't just like, a I think, uh, the church would know it as a missionary high that, you know, as you go, uh, go and experience something that you kind of see it, you see it in the moment and then it kind of fades away. But that's something that's impacted my dad and I's conversations even now as I've become a, uh, or I'm, I'm becoming a long, long-term missionary here in the U S uh, that, um, yeah, that, that it, it influences our conversations that we're able to experience that together and, and just God using that to, to really, um, it, even though you may not have the best, uh, or the right, if you will, intentions to go on a mission trip that, that God will still use that for his good. And that even though it wasn't, uh, through my, the works that I was doing for uh, on the mission trip for the community there in the village, it was more of an impact on my life. And I think that that's just as valuable as, as being able to, to serve, um, 
serve somebody in another country. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that was uh, that that's just kind of a point I, I wanted to make that that even if you feel like you're not uh, in the right place uh, all of the time with your short term missions, especially that uh, that God can bring you there and He'll bring you back to where uh, to to what He has for you. I think. Right. It's, and it's hard to know what God's plans are mm-hmm. as we consider, it, it, on the front end for sure, we, we don't know. All we know is that God's leading us to do something or, or that we have some desire to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, just our, our founder, when he first went to China way back, way back when he got started in this thing, he was just a kid and it wasn't God leading. He was a Christ follower, but he didn't feel like God was leading him to China. It was just a desire of his heart mm. to get involved and to, to see that part of the world and those kind of things. And he became this great missionary statesman and founding a couple organizations and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it doesn't always have to start with this tremendous, you know, light in the sky or, you know, like the, the call of Paul where he gets, you know, sees this light, here's Jesus, you know, and and is blinded and all that. Mm -hmm. It's not always like that. And I, and I think we, we, we don't know what God intends. Sometimes we'll go on a trip and the main purpose that God has us going is to change us. Mm. And it doesn't matter if it's long-term or short-term. God does as much work in our hearts and lives as he does through us. Mm. So I think, you know, that, that leading that God gives us takes us to a, to a next place. Mm. You know, it's like, we're like I was saying in my story, it was like God was saying, you're done here. I've taught you everything you need to know here. You've the impact that I wanted you to have you've had. Mm. So I've got something new for you. Yeah. You know, it's like him saying, I'm doing a new thing and I want you to be involved and mm. here's the open door. So walk through it. You know, so I think that's kind of what it's about. And it's about changing us and having impact through us as well. Yeah. So, so really, I think, you know, when you talk about God's leading or even the calling on our lives to be involved in a certain thing, mm-hmm. um, I think we can look at that and say, hey, this is something we need to be involved in. We need to pursue. We need to obey. Mm-hmm. And whatever's ahead, we know that God will be there with us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, do you have any other any other closing thoughts, Jeff, as far as uh, this whole conversation as we as we come to an end here? No, I really, I don't, at least on the area of calling and leading and initial kind of getting started. And really, that is where you need to start. Mm-hmm. So... I think we've covered that pretty well. And, you know, I look forward to getting into more conversations about, like, what is the next thing? So what, what do I do next? I feel like God's leading me to, to, uh, to do something, something new. So, so what does that mean? What, how do I start? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and uh, we encourage you guys, too, to, as our listeners, to join us um, in, in conversation. We will have this up on SoundCloud. You can comment on there. We also have a Facebook page, The Mobcast. Um, if you guys would like to to join in on the conversation, maybe you have a perspective that we we didn't mention and um, and that you would like to talk about that. We would love to get into conversation with you guys, as well as if you feel like God's calling you into missions and you don't know where to start uh, and you don't know if if God's calling or God's leading on your life is uh, is is what He has for you. Then then please contact us. We'll have our our email as well to to both of our Jeffs and my my personal emails to be able to. Uh, have conversation with that if you'd like to go deeper into it but uh, thank you so much for listening and as always we uh, we appreciate it and we'll see you guys next week